Welcome to Fast Facts. I'm Jody. I'm Shelly. We're a new media concept, a co-working space in the design district called The Slate. The most amazing people have walked through these doors. Authors. Entrepreneurs. Community leaders. Dallas natives. And guests from near and far. We're going to bring them in this room and we're going to sit them down and we're going to ask them the questions you are asking too. These will be quick so you can listen on your drive in or your drive home. We are completely off the cuff, but that is the best part about Fast Facts. And the only person you can really be off the cuff with might just be your sister. Truth. Let's see who's slating it. Okay, in studio, we have Jada Batchelder, truly the poster child of Fast Facts, because Jada walked through our doors for a video shoot. Her production company, remember, Mm Shall I told you about this? Her production company was the one to book the studio, but then I was the one that got to meet Jada, and I could I remember, And you were like, what, what? Well, Jada, do you remember me just I do, and you said you you are exactly what I'm trying to highlight. Can you come back? Well, that's it. Okay, so, and I want to highlight Education Opens Doors. Tell us what it is. Absolutely. Well, it started as a motto of my eighth grade science classroom over 10 years ago. I can't believe it's been a decade since I moved to Dallas. I was a Teach for America teacher, placed here, had never been to Texas, and taught in a Dallas ISD middle school in southern Dallas. And my eighth graders were phenomenal. They moved mountains academically, and they had all of the potential in the world. You know, and I, just young and fresh out of college, just really thought, yes, this is what it's all about. I'm helping them see their potential. I'm helping them achieve their dreams. And then fast forward, I go to visit my eighth graders who rose to be ninth graders. And I realized really quickly, oh, you understand the academic content and rigor, but no one is necessarily teaching you all the other stuff, right? So there's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's, It's becoming like, what would you say percent of the battle in this world to know the other stuff? Well, I really believe firmly that the education inequities that we see across the country are really um, a foundational part of that is actually an information gap. Mm -hmm. And so if students don't understand like the bigger why in school, like why am I here or what really is, you know, what really are my options after high school and why does this matter? Like why Mm -hmm. does my GPA matter? What's the difference between a two-year degree and a four-year degree or vocational school based off of my own skills, my interests? You know, so it's really, if a student doesn't understand why they're in school and the purpose of education, you know, we're, we're creating just such a barrier for them to achieve their full potential. Amazing. And so how do you remove the barrier? Tell us about that. Absolutely. Um, so... When I was in the classroom myself um, back in 2010, it was just this idea of, okay, I'm a recent college graduate and my brother and I are first in our family to have the opportunity to go to college. And so I had really experienced just like the barriers or the lack of information about the FAFSA or why would you Mm -hmm. take an AP test? You know, I had Uh, no idea it mm -hmm. counted for college credit. Sure. Okay. Um, No one told me. And so, 
you know, I had lived some of this. I grew up in, in rural South Dakota. Um, I know. Wow. <laughs> yeah, right? I've never met anyone from South Dakota. I swear. If, You're the first. If everyone who told me that donated to my organization, oh, so I sorry. wouldn't have to fundraise. I am the cliche. <laughs> I am the cliche. Okay. So you're, because some of the stuff you're saying, I'm like, well, of course, an AP course. But yeah. I guess it was ingrained in our heads that, hey, you better knock this out in high school because I don't want to pay for it in college. That's <laughs> yeah. kind of what, you know? Yeah. Do you come from a family where your parents had the opportunity to go to college? We we, we did. Do. I mean, our dad put himself through college. He was a taxi driver. I mean, he's very much, you know, a self-made man. But education mm-hmm. was our job. We were told education is your job. We did not have to, like, and we probably should have, like, done laundry and some of these things in the house. <laughs> yeah. It was, no, you better go turn around and ace that test tomorrow. Or at least that's mm-hmm. kind of how I felt. Jody was, like, naturally good at that. Well, yeah. I will tell you one thing. I have a very distinct memory in college. I went to the University of Virginia, and a professor asked us once, please raise your hands if your parents went to college. Mm-hmm. And almost, I don't know, two-thirds of the classroom did raise their hands. Raise your hands if your grandparents went to college. Mm-hmm. And, like, six hands go up. Mm-hmm. Really? It is interesting. Mm-hmm. The, uh, generationally and and so okay so yeah. take us back to how that story yeah, yeah. gets you to starting this amazing out of route. south dakota out of south yeah. dakota by way of new orleans um Ooh. yeah uh, different story different podcast <laughs> um so what you know i i just saw for my own students you know just a lot of gaps in understanding about which courses they should be enrolling in or the value of extracurriculars or really mm-hmm. breaking down the barrier that like no I can't go to college because of the money and the reality is there's so many mm-hmm. financial aid options yes. even here locally in Dallas County and so you know for me it was just seeing my students mentally block themselves from trying to even fulfill their full potential because they didn't know it was possible. Wow. And so it was truly just, okay, I have an idea that could help solve this. And back to young, naive, didn't Mm, really know what it was going to take to start a nonprofit at the age of, you know, 22. Um, And I rallied some friends and said, hey, we're all recent college grads. How hard can it be? Let's write a book. Let's just like tell kids everything they need to know, sixth grade through 12th grade, that's not normally taught in school. That's amazing. Because I did want to ask, tell me, can you just give us like one little insight to one of the students who in eighth grade you didn't notice this gap, but when you saw saw them as ninth graders, you thought, uh uh-oh. Oh, yeah. I've got a couple. I'll give you a quick one. I was literally at a high school football game uh, with my then ninth graders and two things. One walked up in like cutoff jean shorts and flip flops and he was just one of my star students. He was so excited. He's like, miss, I just went and interviewed for my first job. And I was like, wait, did you go home and change? And he was it was just this like, what? You know, and so this gap of like, what's a resume? Mm -hmm. How do you dress professionally? Just some of that type of information. And then I'm sitting there talking with this group of students and another one of my star students um, who was a young lady, you know, I was asking her like, what classes are you in? And I just realized really quickly that she was not in like she had been in my like pre AP classes like she is Mm -hmm. just a star. Mm -hmm. And she was just in lower level courses that were not going to really set her up to be on track for the post secondary opportunity that she aspired to. So then is the goal because we're looking at a book and it's a you know, it's an inch thick. Uh, It's the 10th edition. It's had a 10th edition reworked a little bit. So that book that you and your young friends created, you're like, it's not gonna be that hard. 
hard. Turns out it's <laughs> probably ten, so ten editions much later. Work. Ten yeah. editions later. But so it says it's a student guidebook. So do you hand this to folks and then what? Like how? What does the process look like? I mean, this literally. You know how. If, if since you can't see the book, it's literally like when you order your kid the prep for third grade and it's got reviewing pronouns and fractions and this kind of stuff. It almost mm-hmm. has that same look and feel, but completely different topics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So a couple of things. Um, up until this year, actually, the book was not available for an individual or a parent or a community member to purchase. Ah. So as part of our response to the pandemic and the distance learning and the, you know, all parents are now homeschool teachers, we actually launched the sale of this book and we're doing a buy one, donate one. So for every book that's purchased off of our website, we're going to donate one in perpetuity. Um, That's something that we're really trying to continue. So did only call, did the counselors, were those the ones that were equipped with the book before the parents could get to it? No. So we have a really interesting model. Um, so we've worked with about 56,000 students since wow. um, I founded the organization. It's been such a journey with a phenomenal team alongside me doing this work. But what we've done is we've basically said, okay, the book is the cornerstone of what we do. So we would want every student to get a copy of that. But this program was created by teachers for teachers, right? And so, like, I know what it was like to be in the classroom. I understood how to teach science, but I also understood that my students needed to – they deserve to be taught this other information. And so, basically, we said, okay, how can we create a program that can integrate into a variety of school days and not be a barrier um, for teachers to use with their own students? Excuse me. And so, what that looks like – is actually wow. will come in, we'll partner with the school. So we're partnered in Dallas ISD this year. We were in 25 Great. schools with about 6,500 students, all middle school. And so a little yeah. caveat here. Students are being asked to make critical decisions early in their journey. So early. You said mm-hmm. sixth grade. Mm-hmm. You said, yeah, you started. Yeah. That's incredible. And and and, and honestly, even, even looking at this, I'm, I'm going to be frank. There are a lot of things in here I, I actually don't necessarily know. I mean, this is amazing. Um, U.S. Armed Forces, tuition, help, benefits, resources. Where do they pay for the expenses? What does that require? What is the GI Bill? Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the difference between minority serving institutions, online school. Do you want to be in the armed forces? Do you want to go to a vocational school? What about a community college? Ivy League, liberal arts. This is amazing. Yeah. So is your Thank goal you. that the teachers will just find a way to weave it in every week? Every, is the goal every day that they try to weave into a lesson? Yeah. So okay. our hope was we don't want this to be more work for a teacher Mm -hmm. right and so Mm -hmm. how do we make this as turnkey as possible and so what we've done is we've built out two entire years of programming we'll come in and train teachers and we're with them the whole year and so we're there to support them to support them with implementation what they do is they'll teach 20 lessons over the course of the school year each lesson is about 45 minutes and so we're covering 900 minutes total of college and career knowledge uh-huh. across, um, you know, the entire year, whether it's a seventh grade class, an eighth grade class, a ninth grade class. And so we work with the school principal to say, where will this fit best on your campus? And then can we train those teachers? And oh, by the way, we'll support them the whole time. We've built all the resources for them. Mm-hmm. So it's not more work. And that way it's integrated right into the school day. And it doesn't have to be a different class. It's not an after school mm-hmm. program. You where weave it can. in. Mm-hmm. You weave it in and you do the work for them. Mm-hmm. That's our plan. Which it's really knew, customizable. And which you knew how to do because you were a teacher. You were in the, mm-hmm. yeah, so you've lived, the, been in those shoes. Mm-hmm. So what if um, somebody wants this as a one-off? What if somebody wants this in their school district? 
what if some corporation wants to make this their initiative? How does this work? How do we get you into our world? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. I love all of those ideas. <laughs> um, so if someone wants this in their school district, we I have someone on my team who's awesome, and he's our director of partnerships, and he will come and meet with your district leader or with your principal. Um, so it's really just reaching out to us on our website. And when you do that, you can say, I'm interested in partnering for a program. So that would be to come into the school, the full program. Or if a corporation is interested in, hey, I want to use this as an employee benefit. Mm. I want to give this to every one of my team members who has a secondary age student as a tool. Reach out to us directly. And that's something that we really want to make happen. We really want to make that possible. And again, we'll do the buy one, donate one. So we make sure that students who don't have access to this are able to um, enjoy it. Yes. And so... We've got to hear everything about that. Can you also tell us a little bit about the transition to making it uh, you know, um, available for one-on-one use as opposed to just the teachers? How's that transition been for you in your organization? Accelerated. Oh, I bet. Because of, because <laughs> because of distance of. learning? Um, yeah, it was just so one of the things, our model, um, though it's been incredibly effective and we've got some really great long-term outcomes that we recently got last year for our impact so far, We also know we want to be able to equip more students. And we also know that not only geographically in Dallas County is this a need, right? Uh And so the way to do that is going to be a more technology-enabled program. And so we have invested slowly in um, a learning management system to allow us to train and coach teachers virtually where they can, like, access everything digitally. Students still have the physical book as of now for a couple of different reasons. Uh Uh-huh. But part of what we're doing right now is we're actually fast-tracking our entire digital plan. Wow, it's, it's a That's doozy. the studio <laughs> oh and why gosh. she came into the yeah. slate, yeah. right? Yeah. Is that why? you got to yeah. get things online. Yeah, mm-hmm. So and we needed to film the video so we could do online teacher training, hence mm-hmm. why we were here. Yes, yes. Um, yes. But what we're doing is we're fast-tracking everything to be digital, and it's not going to replace what we currently do. It's going to supplement it, but it's also going to – the vision is to build out a resource that a parent could access or that a mentor could access. And so while we'll have the physical guidebook, we'll also digitize the guidebook, but we'll build out additional resources for parents. It's not necessary right now. You're you're seeing the book. You can mm-hmm. sit and use it with a student, but it will only be that much more valuable once we're able to also integrate the technology. Wow, gosh, I actually almost feel bad that I pulled you aside like for 20 minutes to tell me everything that day you walked in. You have so much work to do. Jada. Jody, stop interrupting her. <laughs> My goodness gracious. So where do you see this in, in five years? Are you tracking students so that you can say, okay, in eighth grade, you were my star. In ninth grade, you didn't know you were a star. And now you are 25 and look at you, you're a star. Like, how are you mm-hmm. tracking this progress to to be able to tell the company, you know what, hey, here's the accountability. It works. Absolutely. Um, great question. So in the short term, we're really thinking about, you know, uh, what's happening in the year that the students are in our program. So we're actually measuring their increase in knowledge around post-secondary through an assessment. We're looking at surveys about like motivation, agency, and hope, right? We want to see those mindset shifts and that increased motivation. We also work with teachers and they share us share directly like I have higher job satisfaction. I feel stronger oh, relationships with my students. Amazing. Well, you're able you're to talk not, about you're, yourself. You're also and, an advisor, not mm-hmm. just telling them how to add. Yeah. yeah. Really advising. Interesting. I mean, the, the job of a teacher is so incredibly important. But when you get to put yourself in it and say like my own journey, 
You know, wow. the way that I became your math teacher is Oh, nice. so there's a narrative? Is part of this integration a narrative about the teacher's Yeah, own so in all of the lessons, we've built in prompts for teachers to really make it their own, and that really helps uh, deepen that relationship between oh. an educator and their students. Hmm. That's so amazing because teachers really do, ha- and they can they can read from their gut what a kid needs, mm-hmm. what story, and how they can pivot. I mean, think about your mm-hmm. best teachers; and they it were makes advisors, it memorable, and mm-hmm. it makes it memorable for the students. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, what so, is the craziest thing that somebody has said to you, or best thing? I don't mean crazy. I mean like somebody called or wrote or emailed, and you like went home and you said, "Oh my gosh, I have to call my mom. I cannot believe we got this feedback." Or I cannot believe Bobby said this. Or I cannot believe this teacher is now signing up for five more years, but she was supposed to retire. Like, what have you heard? Yeah. Um, gosh, I would have to have it be grounded in, in the students. And it's those eye-opening moments where a student just realizes, like, oh, like, I really like theater, but I never knew that there was an amazing high school in Dallas yes. that I could go and attend and that that could really be a career or I can follow my passion. And so to me, it's more in the middle school space. We sit down with students and you see them like just the light go on and then it helps them make different choices. Right. So they're making choices about what high school do I attend in Texas? They're picking an endorsement. They're mm-hmm. starting to think about their paths for the future. And so when a student can be intentional about that, mm-hmm. it's just a beautiful thing. And I have, I mean, hundreds, thousands of testimonials from students to for to message that point. Incredible. Would you say, are there any common misconceptions or is your work very individualized in that there's not one uh, con- bit of confusion that affects uh, the majority of the people that you assist and the students that you assist? Or is it just, you know, one-on-one? So I would say the most common misperception is kind of what happened a little bit ago in this room, which was, oh, like I just kind of assumed it was just mm. in my household. We talked about that. Yeah. Okay. okay. And that's, so mm-hmm. we're, the, we're the problem. No, no, no. That's not what I mean. But no. it's just uh, normalizing that this information is not taught in school traditionally. Mm-hmm. Some schools are doing an amazing job. And a lot of times a parent hasn't navigated it themselves or you have navigated it, but it has changed so vastly since you did it. Mm-hmm. And so it's more the conception of like, oh, that makes sense. That should be taught in school. And then for the, on the student side, you know, something that we did in that 10th edition is we actually took a step back and my team led this entire um, rewrite from the 9th edition to the 10th edition. And it went through a protocol, like an equity protocol. And so we said, we want to make sure, like I am a white woman who wrote one mm-hmm. of the first versions of this book with colleagues. What unconscious bias is present What stereotypes are we perpetuating unintentionally, right? And so we took the entire book through a protocol with the goal of making sure that it is accessible for all students and inclusive of all students. And so I would say since that point, the information is not creating the same barriers that maybe it could have created before that. Got it. Wow. Okay. So how, what is the website? How do we get a hold of you? How do we contribute to you before we go? Absolutely. Um, She's so like, I like that. I like that. Um, <laughs> so it's pretty simple. The motto of my classroom was education opens doors. That was before this book ever existed or I ever knew it would become an entire organization impacting you know tens of thousands of students. And so the website is www.educationopensdoors.org. 
amazing. I love it. Thank you for coming in. You really are like the role model for what we are trying to make this about. People that we our paths had not crossed. I did not know about this. You walk in our doors, you use our space, and we use our space to build community. So thank you for being one of the first. No, I thank you so much. I appreciate everything you're doing in our community. Yes. Well, thank you for having me. It's an honor and I love the model and can't wait to be back.